Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. NLA Live 2020 is around the corner. NLA Live 2020 will be held in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Talking Stick Resort. It is it a beautiful hotel and casino? And we have an incredible lineup of speakers that we'll be announcing here shortly. You can find out more information and get the very best deal on pricing by visiting nextlevelagents.com and clicking on our events page. We look forward to seeing you there. Again, nextlevelagents.com and click on the event page. Hey guys, I think you're going to like today's episode. My guest today, Grant Lopez, is a really smart gentleman. He's uh, from San Antonio and a little bit different than most of my interviews where Grant is not actually the team owner uh, of the team that he's on. Most of the guests on the show are team owners or rainmakers, if you will, or independent agents. Grant is a team member of Dayton Schrader and he is a highly productive team member and I think you're going to understand why uh, he's super involved in his real estate community, really believes in people and giving back and you're going to, you're going to learn all that and more from him. He's just someone I admire and think is um, a great person and someone who's really smart. So I think you're going to like today's episode. So take a, back, uh, take a minute, sit back, relax, and let us know what you think afterwards. All right, Next Level Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us again today. I'm back, and today I'm joined with Grant Lopez. Grant, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for the invite. I'm excited to be here with you. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate the, appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. You know, everything from running the business and doing the work you do inside the real estate community, uh, I know you've got a lot on your plate, so we appreciate you taking the time today. So, um Let's just dig into it, if you don't mind. Let's go for it. So tell us a little bit about your, your real estate background. Why don't we just start with, like, I mean, how long have you been in real estate and how did you get started? So I got it in 2008, so what's that, almost 11 years now. And it's, uh, I get asked all the time, why did you get in? Did, did you have family in? Was one of your parents a realtor? And really, I still don't have a good answer to that. It was just kind of <laughs> one of those callings. I, I knew in high school that that's kind of where I was going to end up, so I didn't waste much time. I graduated high school and less than a year later, got my real estate license and went to work. Wow. That's, you know, you don't hear that very often. You hear for a lot of people, real estate tends to be like a second career, right? So they did something, they went down a path and maybe they got burnout, corporate burnout, or they just decided, you know, Hey, now's the time to really follow my dreams because they want to be, you know, work for themselves or, have a higher income ceiling, whatever. Not many people do it as like their first real career out of high school or college. So that's pretty interesting that, you know, to hear that you did that sort of right away. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a, a risk and it was a down market at the time. So it's like everybody kept saying, why the heck are you getting into real estate right now? Don't you know that thing's falling apart? <laughs> and uh, it, it was just one of those, uh, you know, it, it was a risk, but you know, no risk, no reward sometimes. And and in my mindset, Part of it was just being a naive, a naive teenager. I thought, you know, if I can get in when it's slow and learn the market and figure out how that process works, then by the time it gets good, I'll already be established, I'll already be rocking and rolling, and I'll get to take full advantage of it rather than jumping in when it's good and then maybe I'm catching the tail end of that wave. So, uh, you know, 
yeah, I got lucky. Part of it was luck. Part of it was, you know, good timing, but uh, it, it seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I've, I've actually been in real estate a year longer than you. I got, I got licensed in 07. And that same thing, I had friends, you know, tell me, you know, you're crazy. But I look at that as like, truthfully, one of the luckier things that quote unquote happened to me is that I got in a down market because I had to cut my teeth in a, in yeah. a place that was harder to make money than it is today, quite frankly. You know, and that's what I talk to, to agents about all the time. I, I, I'm a, as a realtor, I, I wear a hat, <laughs> many different hats. And one of my hats that I wear is I'm the chairman of the local board here in San Antonio. And so I get an opportunity every month to speak to all the new realtors coming into our marketplace through our new member orientation. And one of the things I always tell them is, you know, enjoy this time. This is the easy time. This is not what it's always like. You know, if you get in right now and you think your business is just always going to be at this level, you're wrong. You need to be prepared, you know, save your money now, pay your taxes, uh, you know, le really learn the business and don't take it for granted because it's not always going to be this easy. Yeah, that's, I mean, man, that's so true. I don't, I don't know that anybody ever, uh, you know, I can't say that I've heard people say that, but like that really is. Uh, it is the case, you know, and there are cycles. And I think a lot about business too, you know, the more I learned about businesses, sometimes, you know, it's about definitely riding the waves up. And then sometimes it's more about survival when it gets tough and just being able to ride that out. That alone is what helps people gain market share in the long run is because not everybody's going to make it out of the tough times, right? You know, and that's the actual truth. I look at our local marketplace here in San Antonio, and I know the last time the market was at its peak, we were pushing 12,000 or a little over 12,000 realtors in our area. But as soon as the market adjusted, it went down to almost half. It went down to a little, I think a little more than half. It was like five or 6,000 realtors left over. Whoa. And so kind of, I always had that in the back of my mind is at some point this market is going to adjust. And the strongest and the and the ones that treat this as a profession and work on their craft daily are going to be the ones that make it through that next cycle. But it is going to be a challenge. And so every day, just preparing through that, through you know, developing skill, developing negotiation, continuing education, um, networking, you know, to to really work on this business so that I can sustain it into the long haul because there is no plan B for me with, with no uh, college degree and no first career that I went through. This is it. I've got to make it work and I've got to be here for, for the rest of, of my career. That's awesome. Man. I love that. Uh, I knew I liked you the minute I met you and the no, the no plan B thing is definitely something I can also, I can also relate to is like, you know what, it's plan A and then plan A and more of plan A. Right? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> that's awesome. Work, work and work some more. Yeah. So that, so that's cool. So you're, you're also involved there in the local community being president of the board. How did you get involved in doing some of that stuff? You know, like any volunteer position, I think it starts with uh, a personal ask. You know, somebody asked me and said, hey, you, you need to get involved and, and you'd be a great fit for this class or for this committee. Uh, and so that's what it was. I had a broker at the time that said, hey, who was a former chairman himself of our association. He said, you know what, you, you're doing really good. It's time for you to kind of give back to the industry that's been good to you. And you need to start getting involved because this industry is only as good as our volunteer leadership. And so he got me involved in a class locally called the Texas Realtors Leadership Program, which is a program established here through our state association to kind of, uh, you know, foster leadership and, and help groom future leaders. And so uh, at coming out of that class, which is a, a year long program, it really did kind of open my eyes to the behind the curtain of the industry and how a lot of the association work gets done. And from there, I realized, yeah, we really are only as good as the leaders that step up. And so I started volunteering on committees and, and worked my way up. I chaired the uh, MLS committee 
here in San Antonio, which is in the top 20 of, in the nation. Uh, and then from there, ran for the board of directors and got on there in 2016. And that just kind of rose through the ranks. So uh, last year I was the chair elect and this year serving as the chairman. So, you know, I jokingly tell people it makes you a little bit of a human punching bag when, when you've got 12,000 members and everybody's got an opinion, but it really is my way of, of giving back to the industry because it's been really good to me and, and I do like to give back and, and it's a great experience from having a lot of fun with it, uh, but it is a full-time gig on top of my already full-time gig, but, you know, I'm enjoying it nonetheless and, and it's, it's been a wonderful experience. That's awesome. You know, so I want to talk in a minute about your other full-time gig, but because we're on this subject, um, you know, we, I have a, there's a lot of realtors that listen to this, to this podcast from all around the country. And I'd, I'd be naive to think that some of them aren't, aren't wondering about leadership in their local market too, or maybe even on the state level. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who's considered doing that? Or maybe the thoughts popped up in their head, but they haven't taken action yet. Like, you know, what would you say, what would you say to that person that's listening to this right now that's, that's thinking, maybe I should get involved? I'd say take baby steps. You know, you don't have to jump in and be chairman day one, but find a committee that interests you. Um, for me, I had mentioned the MLS committee earlier. That was my first interest into it. I love MLS. I love data. I love, you know, figuring out what can I tweak in the MLS to make my listings get more traffic. And so that was kind of always where my focus was. So that was an easy first step for me to say, that's the committee I want to get involved in because I love the MLS. And from there, it just evolved. But, um, you know, I think as realtors, too often we get caught up in only the sales and numbers aspect of our industry. And I challenge them to kind of think beyond that because the, the skills and some of the information that I get on an everyday basis being involved in my association really has helped to shape my business and turn it uh, and, and, and increase the business and help me be a better professional because, you know, I, I get a ton of data. I get the inside look on what's happening in the industry. I get the behind the scenes look into, you know, what's happening with the disruptors and, and uh, all the changes that are happening and the rules and regulations. Um, so it's, it's been a really great opportunity and I think it's helped me truly to grow as a realtor. And so I tell realtors all the time because I think too often we think, oh, I don't need to get involved in my association. That's not going to do anything for my business. That's, you know, I, I need to be out there selling and I don't need to be networking with just a bunch of other local realtors because that doesn't do anything for me. But I'll tell you, there is referrals to be gained out of being involved in your association. I've exchanged referrals here locally with other realtors more times than I can count in 10 years where, you know, somebody wasn't a good fit for that listing and that client, or they couldn't get it sold. And they said, you know what, I don't want to lose it, but I would like to gain a referral fee. Let me hand it over to you uh, and see if you'd be a better fit for that client. Um, and just with the network that we, we grow by being involved in the association, I've got contacts all over Texas, all across the country, and we contact each other, you know, chairman to chairman, or, oh, hey, I served on this committee on the National Association with you, and you're in that area. Do you think you could service this client for me. And so there is a great networking uh, build opportunity from being involved in your association. So for the agent that's concerned about that doesn't really benefit me. It really does. It benefits you from growing your professionalism and your knowledge and how the industry operates. But also there is an opportunity there to gain and exchange referrals. We interrupt this podcast to remind you that the NLA Live 2020 conference is coming up on April 23rd, 24th, and 25th of 2020. It is not too early to register. Visit nextlevelagents.com today and click on the events link for more information and ticketing. Yeah, that's uh, that's solid. I, I appreciate you sharing that perspective on it too. And, uh, you know, I, while I've not served in that in that um, – 
that format. I've certainly given a lot, done a lot of teaching and giving back. And one thing I definitely believe in it and have from day one is just building relationships with, with other agents, whether locally or, or across the country. And um, I think there's, we have so much to learn from, that's why I do a podcast, right? We have so much to learn from each other uh, and so much to gain by uh, building relationships with people outside of just ourselves, you know, maybe just outside of our brokerage or outside of the office that we work in uh, and, you know, the, the three miles that we, that we spend most of our time in every day. So, you know, that's all right. It's always been a people business and it's going to continue to be a people business. It's what drives our industry, uh, which is what I talk to realtors all the time when they, when they talk about the fear of disruptors, but, you know, going back to what you said on the people side of it, you know, it fosters that relationship building, which I think benefits our industry as a whole. Cause when we have that camaraderie, we look out for each other and an industry as a whole and push each other to evolve and to grow and to be the best professionals we can be. Uh, and so I love being at the state association and the local association, the national association, because I surround myself with true professionals that are at the top of their, you know, their local industry uh, in terms of, you know, knowledge and confidence. And so it's, it's really a, a great driving factor in my business. That's awesome, man. I, I couldn't agree more. I think you said that so well. So tell me about your other full-time job. Uh, so yeah, obviously, so you're out selling property too and, and have some responsibilities there. What, what does that look like for you these days? Sure. So I'm a partner in a, in a very large team here in San Antonio called the Schrader Group. And of course, we're at EXP and we've been there now for about four or five months and, and loving that transition. Um, we're a large organization. Uh, it's primarily Dayton and myself as the two main listing agents. And then we've got a buyer's agent named Bruce um, and a couple other buyer's agents that help us out with some transactions. And, and as a whole, we're doing about 600, 650 transactions a year for around 150 million in volume in San Antonio. Um, most of our, our, our transactions are on the listing side and helping clients that have a home that they need to sell in order to get into either a new build or the next house that they're buying. That's really kind of where we work out a niche for ourselves, is the, you know, being pros with contingencies. Because when you've got a home you're selling and a home you're buying or building, you've got two moving targets and a lot of moving pieces. And it's not as easy as one would think to just say, oh, I just put that one up, it sells, and then we just move into the next <laughs> one. Uh, and we've really kind of built a business the last several years on differentiating ourselves as a pro when it comes to a contingency and getting rid of a lot of the risk that comes with contingency. Yeah, I love that. You know, that's uh, that. You're so clear on what your niche is and who and who your and who your target is. That's uh, that's really cool. I agree. That is that's a skill set, and it is not something that is easily managed. And obviously, you've shown that you can take this this skill set of being able to help folks who are looking to go concurrently from one home to the next, uh, you know, and help a lot of them do that by, by getting really narrowly focused there. You didn't say it was you and Dayton and 45 other people. It's you and Dayton and a couple of other people on the sales side and primarily, primarily listings, which I, I find to be so fascinating that you can have uh, so much productivity with so few people. I mean, that's really um, it's first of all, it's really impressive. And I commend, I commend you guys, like you guys run an amazing business. Uh, but second of all, I love that you're so clear too on who you are to your consumer, right? Or who your consumer is to you as it may be. 
Well, I appreciate that. I mean, those, those are some nice words and, and we'd love to take the credit for it. We do have a large team of licensed, you know, what we call transaction coordinators behind us. And they're the only reason we're able to do as much business as we do because oh, yeah. it allows Dayton and I to be in the field, obtaining more listings and bringing it back to them to help the, you know, help us get back out there while they're working it in the background. But, um, you know, that's always been our goal is to be very clear on well, what service do we provide? And, and we're very lucky that we've got, a, we're in a city, number one, that has a lot of new home construction, but that we've been able to sell what our mission is and what purpose we can serve to a lot of the builders here in town. Because uh, that's where a big chunk of our business comes from. It comes from the builders that are really worried about taking on the risk of, man, if I have to build a two, three, four hundred thousand dollar house, and all I'm taking in is a couple thousand dollars worth of earnest money, they're carrying all the risks. So we really come in and say, hey, let us help you, uh, you know, lower that risk factor as much as possible by working through us and what we can do for your clients. And it's really been a win-win all the way around. The clients got the confidence, the builders got the, the confidence, and, and we get the transaction. So everybody's happy at the end of the day once we can get it to close. We just need to perform and keep performing. And, you know, what we always tell all of our referral partners is, look, we don't have a contract with any of our referral partners. We're only as good as our last deal. And as long as we keep performing, hopefully you'll keep sending it to us. But, you know, we, we work every day to, to stay at the level that we need to be at to continue to earn that business daily. I love that. No contracts. You're just as good as your last deal, man. There's that is so good. And I think it speaks volumes for the professionals that you guys are, which I really, which I really admire. I got to ask you, so that's a lot of listings. Give me an idea. So I, I know it's not, you know, it's just, we're recording this here. Um, it's not all the way done in 2019, but when 2019 is all said and done with how many listings do you think you personally will have, will have taken this year? Uh, that's a good question. At least probably somewhere around 200 or so, I would say, uh, 150 to 200. We average, uh, you know, some of the builders we work with, they have, you know, it depends on price point in terms of uh, the clients that I visit with on a daily basis at the listing appointment. Some of them are, are, you know, credits in place, the money's in place, they're ready to rock and roll. Sometimes on some of those appointments, they're not quite where they need to be yet. So the conversion rate on, on depending on which referral partner isn't always as high as we'd like it. But I'm, we're doing between Dayton and myself, we're each consistently doing about seven listing appointments a week, I would say on average. Um, you know, looking at this weekend that we're coming into, I've got two Saturday, two Sunday. Um, ideally, I'd love it to be three and three, but as long as I've got, you know, two in a weekend, then we're pretty happy with that. So we visit a high amount of properties every year in terms of the listing appointment. And then I'd say, you know, we about 50 to 60% conversion rate if the credit's where it needs to be, the money's where it needs to be, they're realistic about price, they have equity in the home. Um, because, you know, I get a lot of those appointments, too, where they just bought a year ago and the equity just isn't there yet on a VA purchase with zero down, you know, in a market that traditionally only appreciates 2 to 3% a year. So, um, you know, but I'd say at the end of the year, probably 150, 200 listings, somewhere around that number. Wow. So, I mean, that really, what, I, what I'm getting at there is like, that really is a full-time job. I, I don't know many agents that list that many homes a year. Um, plus, you're, you're obviously, you're involved uh, in the, in the local realtor community as well. And it's not like you're just taking listing appointments, right? You're also, you're, you're following up on leads, you're setting the appointments, et cetera, probably visiting with your, with your builder clients too, to make sure those relationships are tight. Um, so the referrals keep coming in. I mean, how do you, how do you manage such a busy schedule when you've got seemingly so many things going on? 
you know, I live by my calendar. That's, <laughs> I get that question all the time it is time management. How do you do it with, you know, managing staff, putting out fires, following up with old leads, managing the database. And then on top of that at home, having two little ones. Um, but it really is, it's, it's constant time management and living by the calendar. Um, I've got many, many people that have access to my calendar, whether that's staff or family members or the staff at the association. And I tell them, if there's an open spot, you're more than welcome to book it. But if there's a block there, you got to obey the block. Because I, I tried to block out family time for, for me and my wife to have time together or our kids, spend time with my kids at home. Um, and we just go by that calendar every night before going to bed. I look at the calendar and I look at it and go, okay, I've got to be here, here, and here. I get my files for all the, my next, my set of files for the next day I usually take with me when I leave the previous day so that I can get out the door and go straight to where I'm going and just live by that calendar. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a learning uh, uh, experience over the last few years, but I think we've gotten it down pretty good on how I like my calendar to be scheduled and how I've learned to follow it. Because uh, that's the only way I can get everything done is just, you know, time blocking everything, time block time for the family, for the association, for work, for lead gen, for database management. It's all about time blocking and following what's on that calendar. You know, I think too often agents will put stuff on their calendar with the intent of doing it. But then if they're not managing the time or they don't follow that as a rule, then, you know, things like lead gen or database management falls by the wayside. But if it's on my calendar, that's what I've got to be doing during that time if I'm going to be successful and get everything done. Where did you learn that? Oh, trial and error. And, and, and picking it up from other agents as years go by, you know, you hear it enough from other top producing agents that it finally, I guess, just sunk into the thick skull of mine. Uh, uh, and part of it, like real estate, you know, when you get into real estate, I tell people, don't expect to learn everything sitting in a class or on a book or certainly not watching reality TV. The only way to learn the industry is just to dive in and you'll learn as you go. And that's really how it's been with my time management calendar block. As I got busier, it was the only way to survive. Uh, and so you just kind of learn as you go that, oh, wait, you know, time blocking on your calendar, it really does work. It's not just something that's made up. And once we just kept getting busier and busier, you have no other option but to follow the rule. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, that I'm not surprised to hear that. Uh, that's kind of the, I know that's the way I worked my way into, to working, uh, you know, working through a calendar and, um, it starts by being, I think also really clear on what's important to you. Right. And like you said, you named off all those things that have to go on there. And uh, if you're not clear on what those things are, then you're just you're less likely to ever even use it or 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 stick to it once you do use it. So exactly. I think I think that's cool. One one other question I have for you that's maybe um, it's related, but it, it's not um, you know not exactly on topic is you know I know a lot of agents out there would love to be able to have that type of business where they start building relationships with builders or they start to receive a you know build a referral relationship with builders. What do you like? What what advice do you give for realtors that are you know someone's listening probably in some weird town I don't know somewhere in Iowa right now someone's listening and they're thinking you know what I noticed that there's building picking up here too um, what what can I do like what are the first steps where somebody wants to break into that is it just because you know somebody or is there is there something practical somebody can do to go out and start to build a business like that. It's a great question, and I think what you hit on is, is two key points. Number one, it is about relationships. Um, you know, a lot of times it's purely we've developed a relationship with somebody that has really secured that source for us. And then once that friendship's in there, you know, people like to do business with people that they like. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. But number two, it's consistency like anything else. 
I think too often I see people join a, an organization or an association or some sort of networking thing and they expect to see results really quick and they go to one or two events and they go, okay, well, I'm not seeing anything. This isn't worth my time. I'll tell you some of our, our biggest accounts we worked on for six months to a year before we ever started seeing anything come out of that. But it was just the persistence of I'm going to book a, a meeting or a lunch or a coffee with this director of sales and I'm going to get it at some point. I'm just going to keep calling and calling uh, or our business development people keep calling and calling and staying on top of that until they finally get a yes. Um, and it, it's, and it's consistency on the visits as well. So popping into the models and seeing the sales reps or trying to consistently be in front of the sales staff as much as possible has really been the key for our team to go from, you know, 150 up to where we're at right now at 650. It's been, you know, persistence and consistency and just going after it. It's not an, it's not a, hey, I brought you, you know, lunch, hey, where's my deal? Uh, and it's not a, oh, I was in your sales meeting, where are my deals? Uh, it's consistency and just staying on top of it and really building the relationship because it's not just being in front of them often, but learning about them. You know, a lot of times when we're first developing a relationship, we're not gonna even ask for the business. I just wanna know about you, your hobbies, your kids, what are your likes, dislikes, and then eventually we'll get to, hey, how's your business going? Where are you struggling? You know, is there something we could help you with? To, hey, here's where I think I can help you, and let's try this out. And, um, you know, once we get that relationship going, it's no longer just about, oh, we're just, you know, exchanging referrals. It's about, no, we're, we're, I'm helping you as a friend, you're helping me as a friend, and, and we're going to grow together. So uh, I tell people, if you're interested in it, anybody can do it. There's no, you know, special power that, that we have over any other realtor. We all have access to the same tools, the MLS, all the marketing. We all do basically the same thing. Uh, but we've gotten really good at developing relationships, being persistent, and then staying consistent with our level of service that we provide to our referral partners. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's so good. You dropped a lot of really good nuggets there in the last minute or two. It actually reminded me of somebody who, uh, I don't know for sure if you know him, but I know Dayton does, a uh, good friend of mine, Greg Gale, who is a mortgage lender and coach with the core. And so, so him and Dayton have met each other, you know, know each other through there. And you know, so much of what you just said is the way I uh, perceive and not just perceive, but it's the way I witness Greg operate his business here locally because he's, a, he's, a, he's our mortgage partner and has been for, gosh, seven years now. And I've actually had him as a guest on the show before. And he's, uh, you know, it's, it's those principles. I, I think you nailed it. There, there was really a lot there that you just said that I think any, any real estate agent, regardless if they were trying to go after, say, build their business, like what we happen to be talking about, or anything else, it's those principles that can just help you build a really great business regardless, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I, I listen to Dave Ramsey a lot. One of the things he always talks about uh, when he's talking about people that own their business is, you know, half the battle with when anybody's hiring somebody to do something is, will they show up on time and will they do what they say they're going to do? And Dave always tells people, look, if you just do those two things, you'll beat out 90% of your competition. And it's something that, you know, we always pride ourselves on. And again, you know, going back to, we don't have contracts. We're only good as our last deal. So we've got to show up and we've got to perform day in and day out or there's no business to work. <laughs> yeah. So true, man. It's, it's so true. That was solid. Well, listen, Grant, like the last, last question I have for you, um, which is kind of, you know, off the fly, but it's something I, I like to ask people, especially with people with your type of experiences, you know, what are the two or three things that somebody can do to be better, whether that's better at um, selling more real estate, 
having a more balanced life, you know, may, maybe just having a better life, if you will, because you've obviously, you've, you've got a lot going on. You've got little ones at home. So you've got, a, you've got a family, um, you get the business, you've got the association that, that you're involved in. What are your top two or three pieces of advice for just kind of kicking more butt? You said the key word, uh, first off is balance. I would say, you know, as realtors, we have a habit of, we want to go nonstop. Uh, and the problem with going nonstop is, you know, yes, it's awesome to, to produce it and have that income. But number two, if you go nonstop, you're going to get burnt out and it can happen to the best of us. Doesn't matter how long you've been in the business. So maintaining that life work balance, I think is key. And that goes into what we talked about earlier is if you want to excel, you've got to really time block on your calendar, decide what's important to you and put that onto your calendar. So if that's family time, great. Put some family time on there. If it's vacation, if it's working out at the gym, doing yoga, get that kind of stuff on there because you need that. It can't just be work nonstop. If, uh, you know, I think a lot of realtors are, are like me where if, if you don't put that on there, you're just going to go, but you're going to go straight into the ground. And, and I have that habit of if I don't have those blocks on my calendar, I will just keep working, working, working day in and day out. Before I look up, I'll go, oh, it's been, you know, 40 days that, that I've worked nonstop without a, you know, a day off where I was just unplugged. So, you know, it's, it's great to excel, but make sure you have that balance and putting it on your calendar and put everything on your calendar. If you need to lead gen better, great. Plug that into your calendar. If you need to, you know, make some time to, to farm your database, make sure that's on your calendar as well. Or even simple tasks, like if it's just a, hey, I do a quarterly letter of the heart, make sure you have that on your calendar, you know, consistently so that you remember, oh yeah, it's the end of the quarter and I need to send that out by the end of next week to hit my deadline. Um, you know, those are, I think, two of the best things you can do. Life work balance and make sure you're time blocking on your calendar. And the third thing I'll say is just treat it like a business. I see too many, especially newer agents in this industry that think it's like what you see on, on HGTV and Bravo. You just get your license and go to parties and throw a drink in someone's face and you become a millionaire. And that's not the case. It, it's, it's pretty boring stuff sometimes. It's a lot of, you know, being in the office by 830 and, and working it all day long and, and developing a routine where you treat it just like you would any other nine to five job. And doing that consistently is how you grow a good, sustainable, you know, successful business. That's awesome, man. I, I think you, you nailed it. Those are, that's, that's great advice. And Grant, I appreciate you taking the time out of, out of your schedule today uh, to do this with us. I know, I know people listening to this got a lot out of it. And um, obviously, so we know you're in San Antonio, so people want to send you referrals or if they want to connect with you somehow, what's the best way to do that? Is that, is there Facebook or, or anything social that we should, that we should link Facebook's to in our my, show my number one social media source. I'm on there is Grant Lopez. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, shoot me a message and people can call or email anytime. My cell is uh, 210-865-6129 and my email is grant at the schradergroup.com. But if you, if you Google me, you'll probably find our website or my Facebook pretty easily. And, and I'd love to connect with, and I continue to love to connect to realtors all over the country. So I, I would encourage people to reach out, even if it's just a high or to exchange ideas. Awesome. Well, Grant, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, buddy. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at, leave us a review, share this episode with your friends, and for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.